0: In our Key 3 series, we get into the kitchens of the best cooks we know. It's a masterclass in a way, because they teach us the three recipes they believe are essential for every cook. Well, our latest Key 3 cook is comedian Liz Winstead. Now, her idea of a great Sunday is to get a bunch of smart, opinionated people together, cook up something delicious but easy, and let the political debates rip. Well, Liz was on the road, as usual, so we got her into my kitchen. Now, you can't talk to this woman without laughing. She co-created The Daily Show. She's won a raft of awards for her stand-up work and for her political satire. Now, I didn't know that she cooked until I got into her autobiography, Liz Free or Die. So I set up some of the ingredients that she asked for, and then we joined forces at the cutting board.
1: Liz, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm jumping up and down with joy. <laughs> you know, to talk about something other than politics and to talk about food is really fun for me. So we're going to dig into Mario
0: Batali's fettuccine with
1: Lemon, Hot Peppers, and Pecorino Romano. We are indeed. I had a, an off-Broadway show for two and a half years. And the way to lure these cast members to do something that was pretty intense for free, yeah. I said... Well, we'll have meetings at my house on Sunday nights. I will make a massive dinner, and we'll go through the script and we'll rehearse. And so, when you have big groups, pasta always seems to come up, and I found this incredible dish. It was easily doubled, tripled, quadrupled. It was sumptuous, velvety. The spices all blended really well together. Mm. You could make the sauce, keep it on the back burner, until you were ready to toss it in the noodles and heat it up and have it all ready to serve in like six minutes. So where do you want to begin? You I, know, I usually chop my onions and my jalapeno first and do my lemons last so that the onion smell on my hands and the jalapeno on my hands, the lemon takes it out. Smart. Right? And the key to this dish is you have to have a lot of patience because with the jalapeno and with the with the red onion, what makes these flavors meld really well together is getting them really thin. And it's really easy to go, I can't stand cutting this up anymore, but it Mm -hmm. has to be Mm -hmm. sliver, 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 sliver thin. And of course, with the lemons, we all know the old phrase, when life gives you lemons, you find every cut on your body.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought about that piece, but you're right. But okay, this recipe says you want two tablespoons or so of olive oil, a medium red onion, thinly sliced, and you have the red pepper flakes, jalapeno, et cetera. So I've got a medium red onion. It's cut in half and then it's cut in
1: thin crescents. Isn't no, it? No, it's cut in strips, long. Oh, like this? Strips. Oh, yes. okay. So
0: if it's from the top to the bottom yes. of the onion. All right. All right. You do the jalapeno. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: So the recipe has jalapeno and red pepper. Um, you can adjust it to your heat liking because these uh-huh. can be really intense. Just uh-huh. make sure you take the seeds out. And also make sure you wash your hands before you use the restroom. I had a guy help me, uh, forgot that he had cut a jalapeno, mm-hmm. went into my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a shriek. You know, you never read Hit. this in cookbooks. No. That's why you have me here. I'm here to help. So just make sure you just get rid of all okay. that. So are you doing more performing or producing at this point? I just finished a book. Right. And so I spent three years... Well, one year doubting I had any skills at writing a book. Um, then I took two years. I actually came back from Brooklyn to Minnesota for six months. Mm-hmm. And so being back here yeah. was really fun and to reconnect with family in a really profound way. And my parents had a big, strong influence, big you know, Catholic family in Minnesota. And um, my dad was this amazing jokester. I'm the youngest of five kids. And When my dad passed away, and it's an essay in the book, he pulled a prank on our family that he had my mom in on. He sent us all cards about six months before he died saying, please don't open this until after I'm gone. So, of course, I opened it immediately. (laughs) And the card said, uh, I love you. You're my favorite. Don't tell the others. So I get the call to fly home when it's evident that my father is going to go and I get home and all of my siblings are in the room and my mom and everybody's telling stories and my dad is in that place where he can't speak but he can hear the stories and his big belly is bouncing up and down so we know that he's present and we're there as he passes and we're sitting there and my mom you know still holding his hand and she said um did your dad send you guys cards? And we're all like, yeah. And she's like, I would love to hear what he wrote. And she goes, I want you to start, Liz. And I was like, I, can't, I cannot. My dad is just died. I cannot say to my siblings, dad sent me a card that said I love you or my favorite. And so I said, mom, I can't say what it said. And she goes, oh, so you opened it. I thought you weren't supposed to open it. And I was like, yeah, I opened it. I go, you guys open your cards, right? And everyone was like, Yeah, yeah, we opened it. My, you know, so she goes, I insist you read it. And I thought I could lie, but do I want to be the first thing out of my mouth after my dad dies is a lie? Or I could just say it. So I thought, Okay, I'll say it. So I said, Well, the card said, "I love you, you're my favorite." And then everyone said, "Don't tell the others." So he sent all of us the same card that said. <laughs> I love you. You're my favorite. Don't tell the others. Because he knew we would all open it. He knew that we were all egomaniacal enough to think, oh, yeah, I kind of was his favorite. And he wanted to have the last, he wanted us to be laughing the first thing. And it was really incredible. So I got the story just where I wanted it, sent it in, tried to take an emotional breath, and my mom went into hospice. Oh, God. So I had to bring forth you know, all of that, you know, thing again. So it was, it was very, it was crazy. Writing a book is crazy. but all the things around it felt so right for some reason. The fact that I made this decision to come back to Minnesota, I hate to sound all sappy, but it felt meant to be-ish. You know, it just did. And so it was great to have that last Christmas here and to just celebrate with her. And so now every year, you know, we all wear one of her Christmas sweaters. Uh, at Christmas and you know those hideous Christmas sweaters that moms have and my mom had a million of them she also has Halloween ones (laughs) Labor Day if they have a sweatshirt she has it yeah
0: (laughs) I can just see it okay so I've got some water on and um got a lot of salt in it right Right? yeah always okay so we're gonna heat up some olive oil in a skillet until it's almost smoking The onion, the red pepper flakes go in and they're sauteed until they're translucent, so about eight to 10 minutes. We're gonna throw in the jalapeno, saute a minute,
1: add the zest and the juice. Yeah, and and here's what I just made the mistake that I wanna remind you not to make, is remember you have to have lemon zest, so zest up a lemon before you start cutting. Yes, okay, so we've got hot pan, is that hot enough?
0: We're good to go. Okay, it sounds like it's bubbling up. We've got all those sliced onions, in they go. In goes now the red pepper flakes. Yep, put those red together. pepper, and that's it for the moment, right? Yeah, You're going to sauté that.
1: Sauté those up. Ooh, I like that sound. You did a fine job slicing these onions. Thank you. Very, very. I'm very happy. proud. You did good. I'm really proud. Yeah. I will not be talking behind your back. I'm glad. Well, you but know that sometimes in Minnesota we have something called Minnesota Nice, which is can be slightly a passive aggressive. Way of you know saying slightly yeah um, my mother was sort of the queen of it I have a great story about her that sort of s- sums up Minnesota nice for me where I was um, I was luckily invited to a speaking seminar series that they do and the year I did it Hillary Clinton did it one night Desmond Tutu Jonathan Alter and me yes I that's know really swell it's that's really <laughs> But, you know, you're all thinking what I was thinking. Me? (laughs) So I'm in New York, and it's about a week before I'm to come and do my evening of of giving my talk. And I get a call from my mom on the phone. And she goes, well, hi. And I was like, hi, Mom. She goes, you know, I'm just looking at the paper, and I see you're doing this, this lecture thing. You're the only person I've never heard of. And I knew, ex- I knew exactly what she meant, but it was like, don't get too ahead of yourself. No one's hurt you. So, Minnesota nice. Minnesota, yeah. it's kind of See, like in the South things- when they go, bless her heart, which means, wow, I've never met anybody dumber. <laughs> um, we need to turn the heat down a little because these uh, are getting a little brown. We yeah. Yeah. want yeah. it to get translucent rather than brown. And then basically what we do is we take our jalapeno uh, and we just throw it in and, and we, just for like a, a minute or two. You just want to get them kind of soft. So, and you really them. want to keep them bright and fresh. You kind fresh, of want to right? keep them bright and okay. fresh, yeah. Um, we've got a stick here
0: of unsalted Minnesota butter. Oh, and you're on it. Fabulous. There you go. Pasta, pasta coming out of water. Pasta coming out, totally drained. Okay. Now, right into the pot. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, girl, Yeah, the Immediately. pasta goes right into, the, right. right into that. Dynamite. And then we toss our cheese in with it. All right. And this is Pecorino Romano. Yeah. Boy, does that look good. Here's a fork. Let's taste. Perfect. You tell me oh, what you Oh, let's put you a little want. salt and pepper on. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Take your pick of salts. Oh, my We're God. very fancy. Honey, we're going with this. Okay, this is a coarse sea salt and some black
1: pepper. Yes, ma'am. All right. Toss that right on there.
0: Grated. You just tell me when to stop.
1: Good. Perfect. Good. Looks okay. delish. All right. Get your fork in here, sister. Make sure you get a little of everything. Okay. I've got uh, I've got pepper. I've got
0: onion. Oh, and the butter and that cheese. Oh my goodness. Oh, brother. Whoa, is that good?
1: Right? Yeah. Just enough yeah. heat and Right when you think, is my mouth going to get on fire? It doesn't. No, it's the butter. It's so incredible how it works, right? It is genius. It is genius. Okay, we're going to take this over to the table,
0: dig in, and then we'll talk about your other two of the key three. Perfect. Dynamite. So, Liz, we've just scarfed up your first key three recipe. Mario Batali's fettuccine with the lemon and the jalapeno and the cheese, and it's just fabulous. But
1: let's talk about the other two dishes. What what are they? Well, maybe we'll go into the meat, and then we'll close off with dessert, as though we are talking about a full-on meal. (laughs) Um, The second one is just a simple lamb rib recipe that I, um, growing up, we never had lamb. I think as it was expensive and, you know, with five kids in a family, oftentimes if my mom didn't like it, then we were just told we didn't like it. And a lot of my food choices came from me saying, I don't like it because my mother didn't like it, duck, there were mm-hmm, certain things. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, when I grew up, I was like, my mom, she <laughs> is missing out <laughs> on so much good food. And lamb was one of those things. And, and so to take the lamb rib, which is different than the lamb chop, it's a smaller version, it's younger, it's more vulnerable as a meat, uh-huh. but um, to just be able to throw in a blender if you don't have a food processor, you know, some sea salt and some rosemary and some olive oil and some garlic, and you can kind of make it up to taste. You know, the last thing to throw in is your sea salt because that can be way too intense, and the recipe that we will post on the web for this calls for two and a half tablespoons of sea salt, which is really intense. And I don't, I, I go, I half it. And right. And then I right. add as I feel. Um, Cause it's just a coating and, and I just throw it and get, I, I have become a big fan of the gigantic baggie, the three <laughs> or five gallon the gallon, the gallon the bigger than gallon bigger than gallon. Well, they okay. make one that's like you could put a car in which I brine turkeys in. Um, but to be able to just put the lamb in a baggie and just toss it up to coat it, you know, it's just shake it up, shake your food, don't <laughs> eat precious things. Now, when you
0: say lamb ribs, I just want, it's like, it's almost like the spare ribs of the lamb. I call them the popsicle
1: of the lamb world. Is, it, a ch- is it the chop cut? It is a chop cut. Okay. But it is probably, um... One to two ounce of meat uh-huh. per rib, really lean. They're they're not cheap, but uh, so, so we're talking a splurge. But you we're know, talking know, once splurge a splurge yeah. for you know you, your loved one, or maybe if you want to go crazy and have a couple people for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know to serve this up for eight, it it would get cost prohibitive because you want to serve uh, probably three three ribs for, per person, but they are so tender. And delicate. And you can broil them, you can throw them on a grill. Uh-huh. It takes two and a half to three minutes each side, depending on how you like it. I like my lamb very rare. But if you want a medium rare chop, A little longer. A little longer. And it between the sea salt and the rosemary, and just throwing it for even a couple hours just in the marinade in the baggie in the fridge, it just makes this tender meat even that much more tender. And the salt just kind of um neutralizes the gaminess Mm -hmm. and don't go too heavy rosemary and garlic people overuse when people say you can't have too much garlic i'm like you can't ever cook for me you can't have (laughs) too much garlic and it can be a disaster And, and rosemary to me has become less and less one of my favorite things to cook with because i feel like people just overuse it
0: you, I agree with you 100% because it's really an accent herb. It is yes. not one of those. It's not like basil where right. the more the merrier. Yes. So you're talking salt and garlic. Rosemary. Rosemary, and that's
1: it? Uh, salt, oh. pepper, rosemary, garlic, and olive oil. That's it. And you're basically making, it's a little uh-huh. less than a paste. Uh-huh. So when you throw the ribs in, basically what you do is, you, you make it, you throw it in the baggie, and then you um, kind of go like this in the baggie. Right, so it gets, so it that gets everything, rubbed into the everything meat. Everything gets yeah. rubbed into yeah. the meat. Um, and then just turn the baggie. When you lay them on your broiler or on your grill, I just turn the baggie inside out and just start... You know, rubbing it around Don't get so all
0: involved in that—that's a great trick. Just yeah. turn it inside out because everything that's clinging to the sides, you can rub into the meat.
1: Exactly. And if you—and if you're going to do that on the grill and on the uh, on the grill especially, always keep um, like a like a plant mister full of water right um, near you so that if it starts flaming up when you do that initial thing, mm-hmm. you can just mist out the flame so that you're not, you know, charring charring it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, so we've got the pasta as a great first course. Yeah. We've got this as the main course or second course. What about dessert?
1: You know, it's the holidays, and I'm a big Christmas fanatic. I have a storage space in Brooklyn that is entirely full of vintage collectible Christmas ornaments. I get a 14 foot tree. I'm a single <laughs> woman who is completely crazy. So I have a giant Christmas party every year where I make. Tons of traditional cookies, six different kinds. I make toffees, I make caramels, I go crazy. But spritz to me is not only the most terrific cookie; it is so Christmassy in every level. It melts in your mouth. It just it's a p- butter cookie. It's a really? butter. Yeah. It's a Swedish butter cookie that you make in a press and you press them out and off in often kinds of shapes. There are many recipes for spritz. The one thing I will say above all else is that you are not making an official spritz unless you use almond extract and get the real almond extract. If you buy that imitation junk, it's like putting... I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know what to say to you. You've ruined holidays for everyone. <laughs> the, some recipes don't call for almond extract. Find a recipe that calls for almond extract because it is what makes the cookie sing a vanilla the vanilla extract just it just somehow doesn't bring out the Christmassy buttery thing that I associate with the spritz. Um, so, and, so that's the stamp
0: of authenticity.
1: If yes, you see that in the recipe. That is I I should clarify and say that is the Liz Winstead stamp
0: of authenticity. <laughs> Which is far superior to that old magazine's if yes. we all remember stamp of authenticity. That's right. I do yes. not
1: want angry Swedish marauders who do not enjoy (laughs) almond extract um, flooding your webpage with hate mail. Uh, So I will take it on myself (laughs) to say that I do not believe you have a true spritz unless you use pure almond extract. Emphasis on pure. And uh, it's, it's a simple thing to make. You can whip them up quick. You have shapes. You can use food coloring. You can go to town with sprinkling. What's great is instead of laboriously trying to decorate cut out cookies, rolling them up, cutting them out. You squeeze them out into the pan. You have a tree. You get your little balls to decorate your tree. <laughs> and you and you sprinkle them on the pre-baked cookies and they fall into the crevices of the trees just perfectly. It's like, it's magical. And we're doing it with a kid. You're having fun. You're not having that cursed child with this squirting stuff all over the place and everything just looks like a mess they can actually make beautiful things and they get pretty excited and so do you about it. It's so fun. So is this the cookie you made with your mom? This is the cookie we made a lot with my mom, and it was so great. These Minnesota winters was so great because we had a great front porch. We had one of those we had a small but mighty little prairie house in Southwest mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And the front porch was the freezer. And so she would bake all these cookies and banana breads and date nut breads and She made these date pinwheels that are really beautiful. But all the cookies went out on the porch, which was a delight because as a kid, you could just sneak out there constantly. And um, (laughs) the spritz were the ones that we all remember. And it was, she would set aside a day just for spritz because they were the most laborious because of the decorating. And we would play the Bing Crosby and her sisters Christmas record Uh and sing Maka and um, get the cookies going and dance around and It is one of the great, the great uh, holiday memories I have. Liz Winstead, thanks for talking with us. Thanks. And happy holidays. Happy holidays to everybody.
0: Key three cook Liz Winstead is the author of Liz Free or Die. Now, check out the website to hear what Liz has to say about her other two key three recipes. Spritz cookies, perfect for cookie swaps, and quick broiled rosemary lamb chops. Get those recipes and the one for that pasta she made, Mario Batali's fettuccine with lemon, hot pepper, and pecorino romano. Everything is on the website, splendidtable.org.